five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready Set Pod. Blah. <laughs> I'm so rusty. To another episode of the Ready Set Pwn podcast, your premier source for everything Vancouver Titans, and I can't believe I'm saying this, the Toronto Defiant. I am Sam, the backup goalie that comes to you rusty on occasion, your host, and joined virtually uh, by Omni, um, at Omnistrife on Twitter. What's just up, as, Omni? Yeah, just as I thought that we will be able to carry this episode without Chris, there you go, and you know... I lasted four completely seconds. Completely losing the... <laughs> intro and we're not even gonna bother clipping that out right? like, i mean like i could just <laughs> nah, I that's start. too much work it's we're too much ge- work yeah we're like a genuine here in this uh keeping it real in this podcast so yeah and for those of you that don't follow us on a day-to-day basis chris is having some uh, well-deserved family time over in uh, let me see my notes oh oh soy soy use oh, soy use come on that's oh, the only the only desert in canada by the way isn't it it has too many O's for me to remember what it is. <laughs> it's one of the wow. places that I did get to visit so I can brag a little bit. Fancy stuff. But yeah. how have you been doing? Congratulations to your Phoenix Suns. Oh, they're doing well. Uh, much better than our uh, Titans and, and Define, right? It's, Let's just uh, spend the episode talking about that, right? 7-0, right? 7-0 yeah, and in the bubble go. games. Oh, my God. They are good at putting the ball in the netting thing. Just to put it into perspective, the Suns are like... They're not like the worst team in the league, so they're not like your uh, uh, Boston Uprising, but they're definitely like uh, a Titans-esque if you compare it to the rest of the leagues. Uh, I was going to say Valiant. Uh, <laughs> nah, come on. They're playing now like Valiant. Sure, they, they just went the only team to go undefeated in the uh, restarting uh, of the NBA, the bubble, what they call it. So, yep. yeah, it's 7-0. Down in sunny Florida. Hell Yeah. But uh, enough about basketball. We are in, are we contractually obligated to come here, and we're going to talk about the Titans. We're going to talk yeah. about the Defiant. We just did the Countdown Cup or whatever it is it's called. Um, so let me shut up, and let's go straight to the payload. Moving the payload. Join me. All right. So when, you know, we all talked about having another team to cover, um, I mean, I mean, Honestly, there, I think there's this little selfish part of us that we, we, we wanted to talk about more games, especially in mini tournaments, especially in, in playoffs where, you know, wasn't looking like whether the Titans were, were there's a possibility they're not going to make it. Right. So, so we wanted to have mm-hmm. another chance, more games to talk about. And we got exactly, you know, one more game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The but, good part, we didn't really have to take down that many notes this week. But. <laughs> I mean, I mean, and to preface this entire episode to show you how uncompletely compre- unprepared I am, it was it was my anniversary weekend, so I watched very little Overwatch. So, so this is going to be kind of omniscope in the world this week. I mean, I did catch up on on specifically the the Titans and the Defiant matches themselves, um, but it it Wait. wasn't that fun. First of all, congratulations. Thank you. But second of all, what's your excuse for the rest of the podcast? Like other episodes? Mm, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Like, I'm, I'm thinking about it because I was going to say like I was watching basketball instead. But to be completely honest, this is like the first two weeks of basketball we've had yeah. in the last four months. Yeah. So uh, I better get my twit longer ready. I think that's what it is. 
Yeah, well, the first match between the Titans and, and the Reign was definitely the shorter one. There's not much to talk about there. Um, what did you think of that? I, I, I didn't really expect this one. We did preview the match. We didn't really think there'll be like a, a victory for the Titans, but it was even shorter than I anticipated it to be. Well, I mean, it was it was longer than <laughs> the shock match. It felt <laughs> well, like an eternity compared definitely. to that. Oh but, my God. but I mean... I, I don't know. I, I feel like our expectations of, of the Titans have, have dropped considerably from from the point in time when I had said that we were never going to lose another map again. Um, but I I don't know. Saucy looked good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that, you, you know what? At least, it, like you said, it wasn't close to what we saw uh, versus the Shock. It actually felt like a bit competitive in some of the maps. Uh, but yeah, we started, I think, in Lee Jung Tower, and and uh, there was the the wacky Sim Junk composition in Lee Jung Tower. It's a very uh, favorite composition to see in in there, and we we actually opted to do that as well. Uh, and they brought out Saucy on the Sombra instead of playing the Sim Junk, and uh, fights were super messy, uh, just like in previous like Atlanta and Vancouver mm-hmm. matches. The, the both of these teams are very messy, so. Uh, it wasn't surprising, but just like in the previous matches, Atlanta won most of these, uh, even when we were getting opening picks. And and that's what the annoying part to me. We seem to be getting like good opening picks, especially Shockwave is the one that normally gets those, but there's no follow through, right? Then the, yeah, the, and I think yeah. I think it's really on that that first map when we like, you know, I guess our point of view is, is whatever Overwatch League controls, um, but it really felt like we won the fight. When we got like I think it was like two or three picks, it, it it's right. all blurry now because it's it feels like an eternity ago, honestly speaking. But but like we got the first couple picks and then they got the point anyway. Yeah, uh, there was this and another problem that you normally see from the Titans is sometimes they overcommit uh, to ults in, in fights. So they even if they lose uh, a battle, they they kind of mm-hmm. lose the war in in terms of economy and and. That tire at the end as well, like the 5K, I, yeah. I think it went into the uh, teleporter. That was kind of a yikes moment. But yeah, we lost Li Jiang Tower. Uh, Numbani, the second map, was a little bit closer. Shockwave again got some opening picks. And and Vancouver has a very nice attack. Uh, Saucy gets like three picks. And, and that, that was the moment for me where I saw like, wow, this guy uh, is actually pretty good even on, on the Genji. Uh, but we still push and we pushed pretty well on that map. We're looking great. Again, I'm like, I'm hyped. I'm saying to myself, oh, yeah, it's going to be a good map this time. Here we go. Dalton and Shockwave are clicking again. They're looking good. We're, we nearly get three with four full uh, uh, minutes. And, well, we know what happens sometimes when Vancouver gets a little bit uh, way too much time. And I, I'm saying it like with quotations with too much time. But we we saw it once and we see it here again. This is where uh, Atlanta stabilizes, and we can't really use those four minutes. Uh, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. Pick your excuse. I have a whole uh, uh, collection in here. It could be confidence. It could be momentum. It could be synergy. It could be ping. I don't know. Anyways, four minutes just <laughs> blown out of the window. And we're uh, Vancouver fans. We always have. We always yeah, have excuses yeah. ready. We, we can't be too good, right? It, yeah. You, you just don't do it. Just you know, let your foot off the gas because it's not gonna. Uh, help us uh, eventually. So anyways, 
Yeah, we, we can't get that third point. You know, on our uh, defensive round, Atlanta, they put Saucion on the mid. That we don't really see that much uh, in, in this uh, meta. And it works really well. It seemed like uh, we were really surprised by it. And KSA gets picked off and walled off. Uh, um, it also looks like uh, our team got kind of demoralized from that, you know, awful uh, uh not not really awful, but when you have four minutes to push just like 50 meters on a payload, it, it seems like it kind of demoralized uh, the team and they played with much less heart than before. And then that C9 at the end is kind of like a culmination, the, the cherry on the top uh, to, to finish. Well, I feel like we even even in like our short time just talking about the, the pandemic season, like we've talked about this kind of like five minute hold yeah. from the opposing team like three, four times now. Uh, yeah, it's like a pattern. I don't know what what that is. We should like label it, find a term. It's like we literally run into a wall or something. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's it's, like self sabotage. I don't know. It's 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 probably something mental. It's something that the uh, coaching staff needs to somehow address. I don't know. Yeah, Map- maybe take them all to Chuck E. Cheese's or something. Like yeah, that. <laughs> true. That's a good a good option. Map three, Anubis. Uh, well, another thing that the Titans really like is when they're down to O, uh, they kind of like dial it in. So unless it's like the Paddle of Canada that that really gets uh, <laughs> Rolf's blood at least boiling. Uh, normally, when we go down to O, we don't really look that well, and uh, they just opt. For the sweep in a way but but wait uh we bring out our trump card in, in the shockwave echo which also looks to work uh they almost get the point but then the but titan- that made me so mad yeah <laughs> yeah it was very frustrating but it seems like we can't really play the winston zarya dive that well unfortunately well i think part of the the un not even unspoken i mean we've talked about it all at this point but shred lock was feeding again yeah, I, w- I mean, it's not like, I don't know, maybe there's not enough support. Maybe the the, the play style around that divey Winston Zarya is not really working well. Well, at least the good news are uh, when we preview the, the next week's matches, the, there's no Zarya anymore, so we, they, they can't really play that style. I don't know. And on defense, they try to go Echo from the get-go, um, and it worked again until we... Just lost the point off of a good uh, two tank alt push from the rain, and and they just three owed us. And I think the big separating factor was uh, Hawk and Gator were really more uh, um, versatile and, and played uh, the different metas better. I mean, on on uh, don't get me wrong, on Orissa and uh, Sigma, this the oh, I almost said the Suns, uh, the Titans can actually <laughs> match up pretty well with most uh, tank lineups but man when when they bring out either azaria winston or let's say a ryan diva when it was uh before it, it kind of looks rough yeah it's, it's like uh any cohesion that they have in that uh two shield approach with the zarya and um sigma kind of falls apart uh we'll decide later if the the hero pools are kind to them this week i think mm-hmm. half of it is very beneficial and the other half is yeah not so much um but yeah that's it the the titans were done like dinner and then we moved to the defiant gladiators which um if i recall like i think both of you were pretty pretty strong on the defiant being able to take this uh yeah and they were close they had a winning condition um last time these two teams met it was 
It was a victory from the Gladiators, like a 3-1. It wasn't really a close 3-1. Uh, this time it was a little bit better. I, we had more hope in, in Agility's Genji, which was pretty good. Uh, but again, they had the winning condition, right? We were up 2-1. And we'll, we'll talk about different maps. I don't know what happened, really. Uh, Nepal, Genji. I, I'd say one thing, and I'm going to like discuss it uh, map to map, but, but Bird Ring really came alive at the end there. No kidding. So, <laughs> do you have any thoughts about Toronto trying to make their best impression of season two's Toronto and trying to make it a long? Map? I mean, I mean, like it was, it was <laughs> funny to me when we weren't really covering the Defiant because yeah. it just seemed like one of those things that you could laugh it off. But like the the joy is is kind of gone, yeah. and now it's just laughter pain. turned into tears. Yeah, and and it's just it feels instantly different. Even though, like you know, even though we talk about the defining theory, I don't have to cheer for them, right? Like that's yeah. not that's not a prerequisite. Well, but like you know, since we are you know dedicating a lot of time to it, and we know that some of our listeners are diehard defiant fans, like there is a part of me that wants to to pull for them, and I can't believe yeah. I'm admitting this here. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe because Chris is not here, we can all be a little bit more transparent. Um, but it's just like Defiant gonna Defiant. Like <laughs> what what else what else is there to say? Is is like things didn't change is because we started covering them. <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, go so ahead. so like that's that's like the best I can say is I have empathy for your frustration, Defiant fans. Oh, and you know what? It's funny that you mentioned it because I also um, like going back last week when we started covering the two the two teams, right? Instead of the one, it was the battle for Canada match, and and it was kind of tough of like seeing okay, how do we proceed with the cheering a little bit more for the defiant? But but to be honest, it was uh, much easier this week when we when absolutely. Uh, you see, I'm already saying we, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. but I can honestly say, man, I felt the pain of that defeat so so i'm i'm already in there and, and, and in it uh for for the for the tears right right like if we could be any worse we're gonna start covering the dallas feel <laughs> oh <laughs> don't give chris any ideas yeah well we have next week for that but i mean like onto the match again this was this was a little bit longer so so i caught glimpses and I, you know i fast forwarded a little bit we caught the rewind but what are your kind of thoughts uh well you know, they started uh, up on Li Jung Tower, and again, you get that same uh, Symmetra and Junkrat map. But Mirror is finally back, and we didn't really see Mirror play that often because, since they got Kefster, right? And his Junkrat is pretty good. Uh, not Light Force good, but pretty close. I mean, um, there's very few people on Earth that are Light true. Force Maybe good Jake. on Junkrat. Maybe Jake. Maybe Jake. But I mean, uh, Agilities was not bad to me. I mean, he was, <laughs> again, not... Not light force level, but no. um, for for all the flack I've given him over the years about being a Genji one trick, like he was admirable. Yeah. So the the first map really behind uh, uh, Mirror's Junkrat starts very one uh, like very one sided, uh, and finally there was a flip in OT, but alas, the Mirror Junkrat pulls off that light force impression and and he wins it. Um, the second map though, this is when when uh, Bird Rings. Uh, time uh came and he started to, like brrr, going brrr, and mer- <laughs> melting everyone on on the uh uh on the cemetery and it's really scary to see it played in overwatch league and see like it's it's not just like us playing in ladder in gold plaid bronze like this hero literally melts everything you you give it enough time to charge up the beam and cemetery just destroys everything it's crazy it's like uh you know zarya charged to 100 every time 
but I yeah, like she's one of the most frustrating <laughs> characters to watch. I'm I'm glad oh, we yeah. only usually get like one or two tastes of of her a yeah. year. So much visual clutter as well, like with the double shields too. Ugh. Nevix had some good plays in this map, and and it's like a common uh, theme throughout this uh, match. Like maps that Toronto are good in, bad in. Nevix is always kind of like a shining beacon of of playing solidly uh, uh, throughout the entire game. So he had some good plays and picks, but uh, notice that I only <laughs> I'm singling him out. <laughs> so that means one zero for the Glads in the, in the after Lee Jong and and Kings Row was when uh, we we went back luckily to the Ash and Genji. So this is where uh, logics and agilities can shine again. This is their bread and butter. But there was an odd blade there on on a one fight from agilities. We basically had to fight one. And that kind of set up Kefster for his own uh, to to cap the point. Kefster, who just came in for mirror because they're not playing the gen- the, the the junk anymore, and they capped the point. And and Glad's kind of just sent Kefster and Birdring on a kill everyone who's thinking of contesting early, and that expedition really uh, was successful. So they kept B pretty quickly. Uh, we had a last attempt to stop the attack, uh, but it wasn't great. So they they capped point three with two minutes in the bank, two minutes with a little bit to spare in the bank. So then uh, we go off to Toronto's attack, and it starts out well, and Nevix again getting some uh, early picks. How can you even get like those early picks so well on on the Sigma uh, instantly? I'm not. I don't know. I can, I can play old tanks. It's because well, they were I, always hanging out with Choi Obin. Yeah, I don't understand this character, but he's he's really <laughs> good. If you want to get good at, at, at Sigma Kids, watch uh, uh, Nevix. Don't watch Choi Obin because that guy is like that. What that guy do, you won't yeah. be able to emulate. So it's and fine. you won't it's even whatever. understand it. Yeah, it's <laughs> different animal. Anyways, uh, um, but then like Kefster and Birdring, they proceed to erase everyone from the point, it, it, and it's a rough start. But the point. The point gets got by the Defiant eventually. And they proceed to win like two additional fights behind, again, Nevik's great Sigma play. And then Logic's Ash is also uh, working out pretty well. He had a good Dynamite there to, to cap uh, point B. And then there's a last push and then a great, a great uh, Supercharger and Blade combo, which we see a lot uh, happening uh, in this meta. And and time to make uh, Saladiators. So... Uh, yeah, it, it, when I wrote when I took down these notes, I thought it might sound a little bit better, but like that's a what I have. Badder, a little sadder, <laughs> a little, little better, yeah. But that's what I have. So we also cap point three with like two minutes uh, in the time bank, and on a second attack, uh, and gladiators are pushing again. Their their attack is basically stalled by the defined until the OT. But then they kind of win a very close and scrappy fight, only to be pushed off again from the payload. Behind Kareev, he actually kicked Ke- Kevster in the head uh, <laughs> when he tried to like blade him. I mean that that was me. my moment of the weekend for yeah. me. But. When I when I started playing Overwatch and I saw that Zen's uh, uh, melee is just a kick, that's when <laughs> I knew like, oh yeah, that's my character. I, I just love it. <laughs> in the pro play, just bam, smack him in the head with a with a foot. So uh, on Toronto's uh, second attack, they they cap uh, point eight. Uh, but then there was an odd, really strange situation for the Glads. Um, they kept the point, but Kefster is still alive. But he's he's kind of like uh, kept at bay. He's uh, next to that little room where uh, where uh, people get that uh, health pack. And and uh, Logic sends like a big dynamite present to him, and he kind of is afraid of of, of peeking. 
And no one can really touch the point. And they, they just get it like a weird C9 where half of the team is running back from spawn and then Kefster is still behind. But they cannot really touch it. So it's a 1-1. So map three is Anubis. And then we also uh, see the Junkrat for, for the Glads on defense. And Junkrat is really a good, good uh, uh, option to have... Uh, for you know, defending Anubis with with the tight chokes and all that, but Defiant still uh, opt for the Genji and Ash because I, I don't think Agility is really likes playing anything other than Genji. <laughs> At least evidence <laughs> evidence is uh, very clear on this point. And uh, yeah, eventually they do get it in the third push. That's the one that gets Toronto the point, and there's a nice Bongo Blade. And they're ready for the push onto two. So you, you might think, oh, we're going to get it easily. But it's very messy, actually. And even the bob was used, but not really uh, enough. They they do get almost the entire uh, cap, but they get like, I don't know, two-thirds of the of, of the point. Because it's two CP, you know, it's it's tough. And Glad's hold off uh, the, the attack. It doesn't matter. You, you got two picks, so what? That's very cute. But here they come with, with a tracer and a wrecking ball and... And yeah, we we as Titans fans know uh, how crazy 2CP can get with that Volskaya map that we had last time. But um, yeah, so they didn't really get the second point. But on defense, uh, Toronto doesn't really opt for the Junkrat. They still go for the Genji Ash. And it's a wise decision as it works uh, for a decent amount of time. And there's actually less than 20 seconds to go on the clock. But Toronto, I'm trying to like, Put in nicer words to it, but they just they basically choke away the point, and 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 the Genji blade was neutralized by the Glads pretty well. Miraculously, they kind of get the point, and on point two, the Agility's blade cannot really be denied as it was before. Maybe you learned from that mistake, and uh, the fights go back and forth, but but luckily we had more uh, capture percentage on the point, and we are in winning condition two one for. For the glad for for the defiant, and I'm like, oh, this is this might be a victory for us. This is nice. This feeling is good. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty pretty good. So uh, I guess gladiators chose Gibraltar wisely. So as as it seems, uh, looking forward, and uh, with the, we we see again this uh, Zarya um, Winston dive. Different takes on the dive because Toronto goes for um, the tracer Genji, and um, they went for uh, gladiators go for the Sombra Genji. So glads, they push first and someone really, I don't know who, like uh, I remember that uh, Jaws was trying to uh, single out who who it was that woke up the Nanode OGE. I thought I, I won't call out the perpetrator who just woke up uh, in Nanode Winston. Uh, but that's kind of like the play, the... The play that got um, got the first point for the gladiators, and then in in the shuttle phase, right, there was a massive nade and EMP combo that kind of like erases the defiant from the point. But they're kind of back to contest it before um, you leave uh, the shuttle area before they get uh, point two, and they kind of separated the rallying brig with a solo grab, which I found really funny. You see the brig's like, oh everyone to me rally to me and then nevix just goes in and and solo grabs the brig and just kills her and proceeds to race the the rest of the team so unfortunately um gladiators have the press queue to win uh in the bag in, in, in an emp 
and it kind of works because that's what you do. You get the MP and, and you, you win the map, right? You win the fight, I mean. So they proceed to play very sloppy on their, on their last kind of uh, defense, the Defiant do. And Gladiators are not sloppy. They use their ults wisely. They finalize their push to, to three with one point, one and a half minutes to go, really. And you, you, you might think, okay, that wasn't too bad. It's a good time, winnable. Uh, so we go on attack, and, and Logix decides to match the Sombra. It's pretty good to have like a Sombra EMP and, and win those fights, right? But the problem is you, you have two Sombras, and a close fight ensues on the first bend, and then there are two EMPs. So apparently it looks like whoever EMPs second is actually the winner. At least that's what happened uh, in, in this uh, little fight, that, that what we saw. So the Defiant kind of... Uh, Come uh, come on top from this fight, and gladiators fall apart, and they use a grav to stall the cap on point one. They they actually get the entire team um, in the grav, but there's nobody to follow up and, and kill the defiance, so it's kind of a waste. Uh, but then the Anna, like Kareev's uh, Anna, gets uh, you know flicked away by OG's raging Winston, and gladiators get the stop. Uh, Kevster interestingly switches to the tra- tracer but it works and define proceed with another emp nanoblade so what you're gonna call this combo it's enb i don't know it's basically win the fight there's no condition to lose this and they get point two and things look good and they win another fight and, and they approach three uh but then unfortunately nevix who's been you know the most solid player on the on the defiant who carried us in so many fights in this uh map not just this map but all of the maps he kills himself by mistake and he left the window open for the glads to return and then there's like a crazy stall right there's a before before even before the stall even there's a great blade from agility right at the end and you think oh here it is here's our uh win or at least, you know, not the win, but the cap of 0.3. But then there's, like, insanity. Uh, you see, like, a very disgusting Moira Hog stole from the Gladiators. And then there's another EMP from Bird Ring kind of seals the deal. So it's a 2-2. And yeah. here we go again. And finally, map five, we have Nepal. Uh, Ash Genji versus Ash Tracer. I think uh, Kevster having played the tracer on, on Gibraltar is already warmed up on, on the hero. And he said, yeah, I'll just roll with it, I guess. But Birdring is the one that basically goes nuts and um, agilities and Nevix kind of secure the first cap, but it doesn't really matter because Birdring, like I said, he goes vintage season one Birdring from, you know, the playoffs run from, uh, from the London uh, um, uh, squad. And we talked about it in previewing this team. If Birdring can like, somehow play like he did before and he kind of gets a, a little spark in him that makes him like basically untouchable on on the uh ash also great positioning there on on well if it's hard to say where but basically the other side away from the mega if you are on the other side where you have those uh rooms underground and you stay there he, he basically got the picks and the dynamites rolling on top of Defi- the Defiance uh, heads all the time. And, and he was really popping off there. Uh, and they massacred and outmatched the Defiant at 100 to 0 on that map. It was the Shrine map. The second map, 
you get the village and you know what that means. It means another uh, Symmetra and Junkrat uh, map. And Birdring, even on the Junkrat, is just going nuts. And unfortunately, Nepal Village is one of those maps that is really hard to retake once you lose it, at least when you're dealing with like an equally good opponent or maybe, well, obviously a better opponent. But unless it's like a garbage team on ladder, it's really hard to cap it back. And uh, Logics kind of keeps some hope alive, some melting from the sim. But then <laughs> the Birdring tire with a 900 IQ tire. Yes, there is such a thing. So he that goes, was light force. Oh my goodness. So the cool thing about it is that he first releases the tire and only then um, Kefster places the teleporter. So Defiant really didn't know what to expect, right? It just came in like uh, like maybe tenths of a second. I don't know, less than, ten, uh, less than half of a second for sure. They just placed the telly right underneath that platform and, and the tire just goes out from it and destroys four people and that's a very nice cherry on the top of that uh, fight, and and I could it, it it hurt to lose the map, but man, I couldn't hate on that uh, play. It was pretty nuts. Do you think they practiced that? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I hope so, but I'm I'm sure that uh, there's a lot of people that see this as a potential like uh, um, you know. Now we're gonna see it everywhere, and it's gonna be very well, uncool, right? We saw it used against the Titans, and and uh, <laughs> but but only when we came out of our own uh, uh, um, teleporter, which I don't think counts, but <laughs> basically it's there not, was not even remotely fight. close. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, a disappointing loss. Yeah, that's the end of it. But like, I mean, I've done my fair share of ribbing over these three two defiant losses, and last year with the four threes or whatever. Um, what what is it, right? Because because I I firmly believe that when a game is that close and it comes down to you know clutch or kick, mm-hmm. that that it's not about skill anymore, right? Like it's not like. Yeah. It's not like when someone in plat is playing someone in silver or, or whatever, fill in your blank comparison. Like they, they are on the same level and, and it's a matter of determination. It's a matter of effort. It's a matter of who, who wants it more and who's, you know, has that extra, extra, you know, 2% to give, but the definer constantly on like the, the wrong end of this. So like what, like if you're, if you're management, if you're coaching, like, what is it? that they, they can actually do to, to remedy this over the long term. Like in, like there's like, there's always a little bit part of me. And I don't, I don't say this against agilities or logics that always wonders like, okay, would sure for have made a difference, right? Like I know they practice lots of different things and things like that. But when we talk about veteran leadership, consistency, all the supposed intangibles, like you think of a guy like sure for. So, so from that perspective is, is that an answer? And and don't be mistaken, Sherfor has been down the end of these yeah. three to two and four to threes too. So so it's not like he's coming in some like some kind of saint. But like what what else is there? I, I don't know. It's it's hard to say because like you said, it's not a question of skill anymore, especially when you're you're not playing uh San Francisco Shock in here. Like the, yeah. the gladiators are not that much greater than Toronto are, and, and they have been plenty of times on that receiving end and and as like uh <laughs> for sure chokes a lot too but I, I don't know that especially that fifth map 
because they lost Gibraltar, uh, Gibraltar, right? They they are the ones who picked Nepal. So, and, and they played atrociously on that map. I'm not really sure what happened. Maybe they didn't expect some of the looks that they had gotten from from the Ash Genji uh, or the Ash Tracer at the start, um, and maybe later the the they just didn't practice uh, this the Orissa Symmetra uh, that much. But it, it didn't look good. Maybe there's some miscommunication issues. I don't know. It's it's hard to like. I could say anything right now, and, and people will be like, "Hmm, it could be that." Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it's very much like. Don't get me wrong. All of this is pure speculation, it's right? Not like, we're not right. hinting anything, but it's just you know from our vantage point, it's it's frustrating. Yeah, it is. It is. And I mean, we've we've been watching two games deep of the defiance. So I, yeah, I wish it were a little bit closer, especially there at the end, because they have the you know they have some clutch factor. They did show uh, to be resilient in their match against the the Titans, right? But <laughs> if it's so, like a, I don't know if it's a good measurement, I'm not really sure. <laughs> but and I mean, like we could easily be saying the same thing about about the Titans as well, where the you know the games they're right there and then they lose, right, and we right. we throw out our our bag of excuses, right? The, the yeah. inexperience, the ping, the this and that, the time zones and whatever. And, and it's the same in like across sports. There's always these teams that like once they get a little bit comfortable, they they kind of give it away. Um, yeah, maybe it's a lack of confidence. Maybe they need to uh, practice more uh, late game maneuvers, so to speak. Yeah, they should in, just come most... out with baby B. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that guy's some... confidence in I don't spades. Know. Yeah, maybe you just should trash talk the op- the opposing <laughs> team. Maybe not be nice. Maybe do some tactical crouches. Try it out. Could couldn't do harm, right? Yeah, I I don't know, but I mean that kind of set the end to supposedly. Our countdown cup. We put two teams in in the in the mix, and we came out. We lasted till Friday afternoon. Um, but before we kind of hop over to the fray to talk more about the countdown cup and you know the results that we we kind of already know, just just some other kind of off server notes about both the Titans and the Defiant. Um, so first, I think we'll we'll kind of talk a little bit about. Um, I don't. I don't know if I want to call it bad news. I I find the whole thing annoying. So so to skip a little bit into the fray, I think by by now all of us know Harry Hook. Um, he said some really dumb things to to someone in the direct messages in a different Discord channel. Channel, um, you know, basically gets let go. Um, and and I think the official term is player misconduct. I'm not going to repeat what he says, nor do I want to debate whether it was stupid or not. It, it's just mm-hmm. stupid. Uh, it's misogynistic and, and et cetera. And, and I think where, where we kind of draw our attention to is, you know, afterwards he, as, as Chris would put it, and I'm quoting him is he describes it as a tone death apology on Twitter. I called it a non-apology kind of like, sorry, yeah. not sorry. Um, and, and, you know, whatever, again, I don't really want to spend time debating his point of view. Um, but to, to make it more relevant for our podcast, both KSA and Shockwave uh, clicked like on the tweet, uh, which kind of put, put, you know, Titans court at least kind of split down the middle with there's some that are really upset and, and, you know, justifiably so. And then there's the other side that says like, so they, so they clicked like what that doesn't, that doesn't mean much. Um, I think I think where where we stand on this is is pretty clear. We've we've been here from day one. Um, we don't think misogyny has a place in esports, in sports, just in general. I mean, I mean, like keep in mind, all of us are are 
are married middle-aged dudes playing video games. Um, but you know, I guess for me growing up and I'm probably speaking for you, like there's just, there's just a general respect there. Right. And, and I think one of my many passions myself is, is like, I like seeing more, more, more diversity in, in esports. Right. And one of the most exciting things for me is like, it's true. Maybe there's, there's athletic advantages when it comes to things like, like a basketball or a hockey, but like, I just don't see any reason why, like, five years from now, the, the best Overwatch player in the world is not male. Um, like, I just, I just don't see it as long as, you know, the, the scene is creating opportunity for, for non-males to flourish. Um, so, but I mean, like, that's, that's my mini rant. Chris had his own mini rant on, on Twitter. Um, yeah. But I think where I'm going to just kind of highlight it is, is um, Ryan Nicholas of, of the Canucks Titans surge organization uh, popped into to Titans court and I'll just quote him. Their response is the Titans do not support or condone misogyny by any players or staff. We are speaking to these players to ensure they understand how liking something like this, no matter the intent can be perceived and making sure that they're educated on this issue. We have a robust set of programs around employee conduct, and we have many tools and supports we can call upon when needed. Right. Um, so, so that's, that's the story just to catch everybody up. Um, I, I don't know about you, like, honestly, I, I hate stories like this. Um, not because like, I want to dodge them or I yeah. don't think we have an opinion. Like it's much like the defiant three twos. It's, it's just frustrating. Yeah, I completely agree. It, it pisses me off to know. And like, once we get a, a nice stretch without a, this, you know, stories like this, it, it always kind of finds its way to rear its ugly head. And maybe there's like an underlying issue that, uh, I don't know, maybe staff or, or, or the Overwatch uh, League um, management can look into and then maybe uh, seek out like such, such, I don't know how you even call that, how you phrase that type of toxicity or misogyny. And we, we already <clears throat> discussed these issues. Unfortunately, uh, multiple times in the past when things like that happened uh, and and back to like the topic itself like oh th those likes not not a good look uh i get the camaraderie between the, the players yeah, like they're players all, like, usually stick together friends right? and all that and they would uh, a lot of the times uh, automatically like whatever uh, another player would would post but you need to be smarter and and, and i'm i'm just you know, giving these players the benefit of the doubt, which, you know, in my, in my eyes, you should earn first, but like, <laughs> you see, I'm just, just we're, we're speechless, I, I don't right? know what the message is that they're trying to convey. Just don't do it. You got to understand that, that as a professional, as you know, being a player that is signed to an organization, you are a public figure and then you try to set an example to a lot of boys and, and especially girls who are watching you and like invest their time and money into this. And it's not even a matter of, of like the business itself. It's just a matter of decency of, of you know, not, uh, you know, standing by garbage, uh, ex you know, um, situations like, like this one with Harry Hook. So it's a very yeah, yeah and i think harry hook's like, whole thing was like he was gonna retire quit or whatever he he, yeah. he never played um so let he, him go he down didn't, he didn't give two bleeps so yeah that's that's his that is uh thing he so, wants to go out and, yeah don't let the door slam on the way out right so 
Just, yeah. And I mean, like, I, I know there's going to be people that are listening to us or people who follow us on Twitter or maybe even players who have seen, you know, our response and go like, yo, these dudes are overreacting again. Um, and, and like, honestly, like that, that thought has gone through my head, but I think where I stand on this is I'd rather overreact and sound yeah. like annoying or, or whatever, whatever, whatever names you have for us, like we'll take it and we'll accept it. And I'd rather overreact than than underreact. Right. You don't right? want to like, condone stuff like that, even yeah. small of likes. Like uh, even if it isn't like even if it just doesn't mean anything that that it's just two likes, it's a misclick, it just just dapping my homie, high five, what like whatever. Even if we're making too big a deal of it, I'd rather we do that than just let it go. Right? Like that that because like to me, this is this is stuff in steps, right? Like, like if we say, you know, a like is okay, but a retweet isn't. Or, or if a retweet's okay, like where, where do we, where does the line stop? Right. So, so I'd rather we, we, and, and I think that's where I definitely stand behind Chris on this is, is I'd rather we, we just make a big deal out of something small rather than having to make a big deal when it's something big. Yeah. So, so that's, that's, that's kind of where we stand on it. And, and uh, I'm really hoping that we don't have to talk about this again. Um, but on to some funner times, though. Um, I'm going to talk about a very non-toxic team um, because you know it's all it's all kicks and giggles there. But the Titans have announced the Titans Takedown, which is going to be an Overwatch tournament where the winners get two thousand dollars, and I think that's that's cash or a check or e-transfer. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Six jerseys and an opportunity to get headshot by Shockwave on Widow. Ooh. Um, <laughs> so very exciting times. Um, and I think more exciting than that is I'm going to let you do the announcement because because it's your team. Yeah, we're, we're trying to get a bunch of uh, people together and, and everybody's welcome. Uh, we're still not there. We have uh, six people, but it's really five people because uh, Light Force can't really participate in the first match. So if you are a willing participant or an Overwatch player, it doesn't matter what role you play or SR you've got. We're here to just have fun. Hey, if you ever ever saw our previous matches, as the ready said, potent squad, we didn't really do too well, but hey, we, we had a lot of fun. So just head over to our Discord, and Sam's going to talk about how you can get there at the end of the podcast, and just uh, look for the RSP squad channel and sign up. It's it's obviously everybody's welcome, and yeah, we're going to do And if you can't find our Discord, just find us on Twitter, at ready set Pwn, and we'll make sure you get in. I think yeah. we already have a couple couple of feeders. No, the condition is though you you have to be. We have a bunch of uh, people from uh, across the border who can't really participate. Unfortunately, yeah. it's open only for uh, Canadian residents, uh, except for Quebec. So they're not yeah, allowed. I, I, I think some of that has to do with with cash prizes and things like right, that, and right, it just gets a little stuff. bit more complicated when you do cross border and and yeah. cross quebec uh, so so i do understand it hopefully for the folks down down below that that do listen to us you know maybe there's something for them in the future like like a like a cod tournament or something oh that that was a low blow um but but yeah like i i actually want to know like what what strategy are you going to partake if we can get like light force on a junkrat uh anything goes I think if honestly, worst case scenario, you can't get a sixth. You just have Light Force sign in and be right. Junkrat and spawn. Then I think that intimidation is going to have a, right. a tremendous impact. I think we can go all the way. 
Yeah. And I mean, right now it looks like there's, there's a uh, two teams pending. So, I mean, that's, you're a top three squad, my friend. It's pretty good. Yeah. So, so we're, we're going to look forward to that. And I think we're going to keep you updated. The tournament's going to go on supposedly for the, the next month. Um, I think pending how many, how many teams actually sign up and, and, you know, yeah. get in the qualifiers and stuff like that. So we'll be sure to update you. But if you're listening to this and you want in heck, if, if, you know, there's enough people that want in and we want to build a second team, we can, we can, you know, do our best to organize that. I'm not going to jump ahead. Um, but, but we're here to have a good time. Yeah. We're just uh, gonna play some overwatch with, there's a lot of good guys on the team already that we have Schmidt storm joining we have D bakers. We have Michael. Yeah. It's going to be a nice squad. Yeah, I think you need some more shooters, though. Definitely. <laughs> um, on the defiance, is the bumper available? We did have. Uh, let, I don't know if I don't know if he's in Canada. Maybe we can oh. get him here. We know he has that visa, right? Let 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 me ping him on <laughs> Battle.net. Um, but on the on the defiance side, they they've been doing up to something really cool too. So the players mm-hmm. and the coaching staff decided to do. Uh, kind of impromptu they basically had had about a day's notice where they said hey actually it's really creepy when i retell the story but they the defiance official (laughs) twitter was kind of like hey like if you're a fan of us like send us your address and we'll uh, come visit um (laughs) i i think that uh come visit part made it sound super creepy um but they they did actually arrive with players um you know, with fully mask enabled photo ops and they gave them some t-shirts, some signatures and stuff like that. So it was good to see them out. Like, like, I think I, I, in the couple of pictures I saw, I saw logic. Sure. Four was there. Um, I think agility's Mangachu and, and some other guys too. Um, yeah. but that kind of led me to think like, for those of you that are listening, if the ready set pwn team was to visit your door, one, would you give us your address? <laughs> <laughs> and two, would you, who of us would you actually want us to visit and whose autograph do you want? So we need you to kind of tweet at us because Chris loves nothing more than when we do an episode without him and he thinks we he's going to fire all of us. So we need those interactions. We need that Twitter engagement to come in so yeah. we can prove to him that we've done our part. Plus, every time we mention basketball, he kind of like decreases our pay anyways. So that's true. Like every like. Like every time we mention basketball, that's basically like a fifty thousand dollar fine. Oh, there it went. Yep. So, so I mean, I don't know. I think I'm going to debate that one because I was talking about talking about basketball, and now I'm talking about talking about talking about basketball. Um. So, so you know, I I don't know if I, I agree with that fine there. But while I kind of punch in the numbers, why don't we just take a quick break and we're going to go into the fray. Back into the fray. All right, so in the fray, of course, we're going to talk about the the countdown cup. Uh, that was that was some Overwatch. Yeah, yeah. And I you mean, could... uh, yeah, like like I'll run down the days ahead, and obviously we know some of the scores and we know the results too. But feel free to kind of just chime in on some of your thoughts. I'm gonna. There's a ton of games, so I'm gonna brush through some of the stuff. So obviously, the the rain uh, took a took rain of the Titans. See what I did there. I, I practiced that one a little bit, nice. just two or three times in front of the mirror. Three Oh, um, the Valiant did the same to the outlaws three Oh, and I don't have anything to say about that. The, the field took three, you know, took the justice three to two. And I honestly was rooting for the justice in this one because I, I think I have a soft spot for stitch. I can admit it. Um, hasn't been great, but, but I, I always liked him. 
Um, and of course, we already know that the Satiators took over the Defiant 3-2. Um, that kind of led us over to, I guess, technically Saturday, but you know, it was it was in it was in the AMs where London Spitfire got smoked by the Hunters 3-0. Dynasty lost to the Spark 3-2, and the New York Excelsior um, you know, got some revenge and took the charge, your boys, 3-2. Yeah. Any thoughts on that that charge Excelsior match? Uh, just from watching the, you know, the highlights, it seems like New York is already starting to click a little bit together. Uh, not still at the point where they need to be, obviously. Well, we have, well, you know, hindsight well, as we yeah. saw. But but it, it seems like they are having like a crisis of, of, of identities where they still have that uh, a surgical uh, approach that they had before. <laughs> and in the past, like Jonak used to be the aggressor. Now they have Axel a little bit there. Uh, but definitely it seemed like Guangzhou was um, not really prepared for that as, as well as they were before. I don't know why that was the case, but Eileen was really kind of uh, lacking behind uh, compared to his uh, counterpart in New York. But it was an entertaining game. That's for sure. For sure. And let's not pretend we all watched that live because that was early oh, no, in the I'm way, way, way beyond that. <laughs> Um, to the surprise of no one, San Francisco Shock <laughs> took care of the Dallas Field. Uh, <gasps> duh. Um, and then, you know, Sadiators went back to being sad and the Fusion took care of them 3 0. Uh, Atlanta Rain got stomped on by the Florida Mayhem, which is, I mean, moderately surprising, but, but, you know, mm. kudos to, to the Mayhem. Um, and then the Paris Eternal took care of business and took down the Valiant 3 1. Um, which kind of led us to the semi-finals on Sunday, where where the Dragons slayed the Excelsior 3-0. Um, Spark upset. Uh, I don't actually. I don't know if you can call this an upset. Yeah. By, by the record, they're better, but I think the Hunters had been playing pretty well. Yeah. That um, so so the Spark took it 3-1, and then to the surprise of nobody, the Dragons just kind of sent everyone home early 4-0 and took yet right. another. What do you call these things? Cup cup winnings quarter yeah, winnings making so, bank all the time so much easier when we just called it stage champions like now we're just like oh yeah remember that countdown cup we did that one time yeah the dragons really slayed what that. was the previous uh cups name uh summer showdown oh, see the exactly. summer showdown and may melee yeah that kind of proves our point <laughs> kind of silly so anyway, I mean, dragons have won two of three, so so it is what it is, and they're here to yeah, stay. Yeah, it, it definitely seems uh, from the semis and from the finals that there are like really separate tiers uh, in the league this year uh, compared to last time, where we had just you know uh, some some weird uh, uh, how do you call it parody? At least when you don't look at the titans and and the shock from last match. You can definitely see that, yeah, it's the fusion, mayhem, eternal, and then there's shock at the top. Uh, likewise, Shanghai and the Asia region. Like best teams are gonna do best team things, right? Yeah, it's a shame teams usually win more games than they lose. Uh, it's a shame that we'll have to wait all the way until the grand finals to see these two teams play each other. Right. So yeah, just I mean, you you let the cat out of the bag. Not that anybody listening doesn't already know, but the shock mm-hmm. took care of the mayhem again, three one. Right. Um, Fusion got some you know sweet revenge juice in, in taking care of the Eternal three one. That kind of yeah. ongoing rivalry continues because it's not it's not a cup if we don't see Philly play Paris at least once or twice. 
or five times. Or yes. <laughs> um, and then and then I mean, in what was a closer matchup than I think the score dictates, the shock right. uh, took down the fusion four two. I know you kind of have a soft spot for the fusion a little bit, maybe coming yeah. from season one. Did you think that they 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 could take down this, you know, but I'm I'm just perpetually cursed by the desire to see the underdog the underdog <laughs> win. It's kind of like I always root for teams like Philadelphia or the Suns. <laughs> hey, the I Suns know. are going to go undefeated. Well, yeah, all the way until, you know, the finals in the playoff. That's for uh-huh. sure. But, but, man, like San Francisco uh, are in, in another tier. It, like, it, it was close. But at the end, they were kind of able to go, I don't know, Super Saiyan 3 or whatever you want to call it, and just separate themselves again. It, it seems like that mental edge or being they always there have that extra gear right right and that super on the bench too just to go but but seriously though they, they have that extra gear and philly they have that other thing that kind of prevents them from going all the way uh, i don't know why is that there... i was actually kind of hoping to see paris uh, play against the shock at the end but well you can't blame philly for just taking care of paris before so. well that's the weird thing is like the fusion are kind of like the upper tier defiant right like they can never seem to get over that that game five hump or yeah. in this case like the finals yeah hump. it's, it's right. so weird they're kind of like lebron right <laughs> some people are going to get upset from that and that's another oh. fifty thousand dollars but <laughs> i mean we went through all this excitement and and we went through the countdown cups we labeled all these cups and at the end of the day it's the dragons it's the shock yep shocker can they just play each other? Yeah, please. Like, I would not be upset if we just went an entire month where we play all the other games and they're all just exhibition games and then we just watch the Dragon Shock every week. Mm-hmm. Like, and just just see, you know, go toe-to-toe, see see who gets better. But who I'm would take that? Shanghai. Shanghai seems to be the popular pick. I can't remember if it was Leg Day or whoever... I don't know. uh, I told you, I'm I'm cursed. I cannot, for the life of me, root for the favorite. Yeah, but but that's the thing. Like by records, uh, actually, I guess they've both technically only lost two games. Yeah, I can see how that's the sexier pick, right? Yeah, but but to me, like I'm still like my mind is still blown away by by just at their peak how perfect of a team the shock are. And this yeah. is despite them, like, it's so crazy when you think about they've lost it, it, Architect, it was... they've lost Sinatra. <laughs> uh, I forget who else also left, but, like, it just, it's, it's insane. Yeah, I mean, you can't be mad at, like, the commentators, but but it was, man, it was frustrating to me to see them, like, uh, watch uh, the, that map. I think it was Anubis, and they're, like, freaking out. Wow, this Twilight guy. Uh, He's pretty good uh, at Overwatch. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I almost uh, had to make you uh, have some editing and bleeping, but you know what I mean. You, yep. Yeah, of course. Words were spoken that will not be spoken on this yeah, podcast. Like a, it's an MVP candidate. For, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I like to think he was the runner up, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about MVP candidates in just a second. So hold that. Oh, good segue. I didn't even plan that. Oh, yeah. It's like. But before we do that, let's just talk a little quickly about, you know, we're back to our regular season. Uh, what do we call this? Angry August or, or what are we calling it? Just just regular season games. Augmented th- August. 
I honestly like, and it, and it kind of saddens me to say this, but like, I, I'm kind of done with the regular season. Like it's not, it's not entirely Overwatch's fault, but just through the ups and downs and, and this and that, and the different cups and, and like, you know, let's, let's just get to the playoffs and let's get to what yeah. matters. Even if our boys aren't in it, like, like I don't mind. It's just, it feels a little bit draggy at this point. Yeah, it happens to every sport. Like at some point, the regular season kind of overstayed its welcome, anyways. So, well, in terms of overstaying its welcome, hero pools are back, and <laughs> we have decided that Genji has overstayed its welcome. Mm-hmm. Why do you hate fun? <laughs> I don't know. You, I mean, you know it, that- is, it is good for the Titans. I'm not gonna lie, but. <laughs> There was the, there's this uh, meme with the monkey looking uh, nervously at the screen and just then just looking away. So that kind of reminded me of how uh, Ash and and Sigma are still evading the banhammer for some I don't know that is true anomaly. But yeah, pretty much every tank has has been off except. I'm just happy that we're not going to see the Zarya uh, the Zarya because <laughs> yeah. we suck at that. So anyway, to to announce it, it's Genji, Tracer, Zarya, and Brig. I mm-hmm. think for on the on the Titan side, because honestly, you know, there's two teams you care about if you're listening here. Um, Genji and Zarya are big welcomes. Um, right. We were strong on the Tracer, and I'm really I'm always extra worried whenever Karkar doesn't get to play Brig. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we'll we'll take the good with the bad. I think on the Defiant side, this. Ooh. This hurts them a little more because so much of their last month has been all about that Genji. Maybe um, it's time to bring Shurfer back then. Perhaps. But I think I think they also weren't very strong on the Zarya and they haven't had a strong Zarya since... Um, crap, who's the guy that plays for the Fusion nowadays? Um, I, my name's Blanken. But, but yeah, since since pretty much the beginning of last year. Um, so I don't think Fury? they'll be too... Scary? Not Fury. Um, now it's bothering me. He plays DPS for them now. Um, oh, Ivy. Ivy, yeah, yeah, that's who I was thinking about. I really liked Ivy's um, yeah. Zarya. And I'm allowed to say that now that I'm no longer Toronto <laughs> Defiance's number one enemy. Um, but, but yeah, I don't think they'll miss Zarya much, much like the Titans won't miss Zarya. Um, and the Brig means maybe we're going to see more Rocky Kareev instead of, instead of like the cruise control. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's time for the Zen to make a comeback. Sounds good to me. So in terms of matches that are coming up, the Spitfire are going to play the Dynasty. Let's not pretend. I don't think either of us are going to watch these. Maybe a little, a little bit of the highlights. Um, just, you know, it, it. we won't remember talking about this either. Um, the Titans actually have three matches this weekend. <laughs> so, And that is not a typo. I think a big part of that was, um, was like Rostergate when we didn't play for what felt like a pandemic in itself. The notorious um, back to back to back. Yes. So, so Titans are going to play mat regular season matches like their scrims, basically. <laughs> um, so I hope you're getting your sleep, Rolf. Uh, it's going to be a long, long weekend. So they'll start things off by playing the, the mayhem on Friday. Um, and then following that game is the feel versus the gladiators in which I don't think anyone will watch again. Um, but I feel pretty confident about the gladiators taking this one just with everything we've come to know about the feel and yeah, I'll stop talking there. Mm-hmm. Um, on, on the Asia side, New York's going to play soul 
Shanghai is going to play London and then everything's cool there. And then we're back to Vancouver playing Dallas. Um, winnable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they are looking actually better since all the turmoil with the uh, decay went out the door, but I think it's winnable. This I, is I think this is extremely uh, winnable and, and, and this the time is where, to experiment with the, what the meta is. This is where I'm going to throw out that three Oh again. I'll, ju- I'll just leave it out there now. Um, and then Boston's going to play the Gladiators, and then the Shock are going to rematch with the Fusion. And I think Ooh. that I think if if we're looking for exciting high end Overwatch, oh. that's going to be the game to watch. I meant to pick one, I have to pick that one. Well. <laughs> yeah, you picked you picked Uprising Gladiators, and I was about to go into this whole segment of like, okay, well, what's well, going on? Well, see, with the matchups are pretty interesting if you like break it down by the by the role. But no, actually, I was trying to pick. You the like shock purple? And- you like blue? <laughs> Yeah, good um, colors. <laughs> good colors, and and it's always a fun time when you get to say punk on air. It's like, oh, punk, why didn't you kill that guy? <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, go get go get punk and get him to come back. Jerry's the only one who is getting picks there anyways. So. <laughs> so on Sunday, we have the Dynasty. Didn't the Dynasty already play the Spitfire? Yep. <laughs> I thought you might have typoed, but no, Omni nope. doesn't typo. Um, the oh, Shock play the Defiant tier. Um <laughs> That that might be a tough go. Uh, the Mayhem play the Valiant, and then the, the Titans get their revenge gate with the oh. Ray. Um, so I mean, there's there's four matches that that our boys are playing respectively. So I didn't bother picking other games to watch. Um, but but I mean, let's kind of run through these fairly quickly. Mayhem Titans, what are you looking for? Uh, I'm looking for a competitive match. Really, I don't see a way for us to win this. Not I hope mini for... runaway. Mm, not really. I I feel like Florida kind of they had a slowdown somewhere like a, two three weeks ago, but they're now back in their stride. Maybe if this is a favorable meta for us, I'm not really sure what's going to be played. Maybe the Ash Tracer again. That's kind of like oh, not the Ash Tracer. Sorry, but maybe really? Ash. Echo Ash Widow can work for us. Yeah, Dalton mm-hmm. on the Ash and 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 what? Well, uh, Shockwave on the Widow is pretty nuts. But uh, with it, with our tanks being able to play uh, the Sigma Arissa, uh, I'm I'm like really uh, looking for scraps here against the Mayhem. I don't think we have a chance. Wow! Luckily, well, there here come uh, the fuel that I. Do think <laughs> so so we're gonna feel bad on Friday, <laughs> and then the fuel are gonna bring our spirits back up. Yeah, I think it's not a 3-0 necessarily. I'll take the safe cowards uh, uh, (laughs) 3-1. The 3-1, the gentleman sweep maybe? Yeah. Um, What about about, um, the San Francisco Shock Defiant match? Mm, 3-0 for the Shock. Really? With the Defiant's ability to get into every single 3-2? Not against the shock, not without a Genji. That's, I hope. I hope. Don't get me wrong. If they, if they bring out the meme, uh, even with meme comps with like super on the Gen- well, there is no Genji, but he can play the Zen, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I do think like it is a bit tougher for the Defiant with with the specific hero comp or hero pool. Um, because not only is it no Genji, but also no Tracer, which Logix is pretty strong on and is a little bit under underappreciated, I think. Um, so 
uh, I, I don't feel too good about this one. I know like earlier on in the season, the defined had a pretty good match against the shock. So they're not scared right. of them. Um, and they can make a game of it. Um, I'll, I'll throw in the mercy three, one. I think it's going to be a, uh, a close, uh, three Oh, we already discussed defined this term on the podcast. <laughs> the close three Oh. Yeah. Um, and then the Titans play the rain again. silence speaks volume yeah unfortunately the symmetra junkrat are still on the table (laughs) so i mean yeah what are you gonna say i'll uh hope for a three two for the rain hope hope for a three two yes is is hoping a prediction (laughs) <laughs> isn't every prediction is kind of like a partially uh hopeful that's true i mean i, on the I future. mean hey who am i to judge i said 3-0 <laughs> for every titans match for the last four months or whatever um so Look so i mean like my yeah. my picks are boring because because i got the titans 3-0ing every every match for for perfect 3-0 and 0 weekend <laughs> you're just mailing it in then. <laughs> hey don't don't let don't let our listeners know my strategies um with the shock taking the defiant three one and then i think you got you got a three oh for the mayhem um three what was it three one for the titans for the feel yeah um and and uh three oh for the rain as well as a a close 3-0. It has to be mentioned. It's a close 3-0 for the shock. No, uh, yeah, a close 3-0 on the defined. Yeah, <laughs> you aren't even going to bother saying it's a close 3-0 for the rain. Yeah, no, that's not the one. I'm, I'm actually anticipating a 3-2 for. Uh, oh, 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 sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I misspoke. I a little bit uh, a braver pick here. I misspoke, but I mean, like, you're kind of right to to. I think you seem pretty high on the. I could stop the sentence there, <laughs> uh, but but you see pretty high on the mayhem, and I think rightly so because the next segue that I want to talk about is MVP finalists are finally out. Mm-hmm. Um, there's it's a lot longer list, which I honestly think is a little bit more anticlimactic. I think that like last year, they should have just stuck to to five people um, and kept it at that. Um, and, and honestly, like, here's one thing that I really didn't like about the MVP candidates last year is they picked more than one player on one team, um, when they picked like both Sinatra and super, like how can, how can two people be the MVP of the team? Like you can't agree if you can't even agree that there's a single one person on that team, that's your most valuable then, then like, like, you know, like that just doesn't make any sense to me, but it seems like they've doubled down on that kind of strategy because, if I look down the list and I'll announce the list in a second, there's two players on the fusion, two players on the shock, two players on the charge, two players on the dragons, and then one each for, for Paris and Florida. Yeah. There is kind of like a canceling out thing that people normally talk about. And when you look at traditional sports, like uh, in the past, you wouldn't give uh, the MVP to anyone on uh, um, the warriors, right? You have, yeah your uh Stephen Curry and KD situation like that's kind of like how I see the the shock maybe it makes more sense with a goats meta where there is not one player who stands out above the rest 
But I, I kind of agree. Maybe Overwatch does have a place for like more than one player from a team uh, to be nominated as, as an MVP. But maybe they should have like at least made the list a little bit smaller. I mean, Carpe on al- or Alarm. Uh, yeah. It's hard to say. Or, or Troy Hoban. Just give Troy Hoban his uh, MVP and be done with it. <laughs> so anyway, I'll read the list. So so from the Fusion, we have Alarm and Carpe. From the Shock, we have Troy Hoban and Violet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guangzhou charges Krong and I, I can't pronounce Krong because he has a zero in his name. So I keep getting thrown off by that, even though I have no problem reading Violet, which makes no sense. Yeah, I was just about to call you <laughs> out. Um, and Eileen from the charge and then Fleta and Void for the dragons, Xe for the eternal and then Yaki for the mayhem. So, so we didn't really, you know, conference call this before, but you think Troy Hoban takes it? I think so. I like it for some of the rookies to appear in here, but I think it's time to uh, address the phenomenon that is Choi Hoban has been an MVP candidate in, in every map he ever played <laughs> in this game. Yeah, I I would double down with you on that as like, well. Let me rephrase that. I think that to me, at least an MVP in any sports I look is... If you took away that one player from a team, how much will it actually hurt them? And I think nobody kind of uh, fits the bill more than Choi Obin does. But I mean, for the shock, even when Choi Obin doesn't play, which is pretty rare. Yeah, yeah, the Shockers still they're still good team, but (laughs) I think he's kind of like at the core of everything they do. Yeah, and and I mean, I mean, let's play a little mini game. Like of Alarm and Carpe, who would you choose? Alarm. I I think so too. I think Carpe gets on this list because he's the the best player in a very good team. Um, but I think Alarm yeah. has made the difference for the fusion. This yeah, I, I hate to say it, but Brig has so much impact on the game. He kind of has uh, like that type of impact we saw from Haxel last year. He really uh, transcends the game in a way. And Carpe, yeah, he can click heads pretty well, but. So does like a lot of other people. Can. A lot of other people. Um, yeah. In terms of the shock, I think we're agreed on Choi Obin, so I'm not going to dive too deep into that. Uh, Eileen and Krong. This is kind of an interesting one. Yeah. My head tells me Krong, but my heart tells me <laughs> Eileen because I played him once on a free-for-all <laughs> map. <laughs> so I have, I, yeah, he, he headshotted me plenty of times so i have a soft spot in my heart for that guy i can tell someone later oh that's the mvp of the league and he shot me in the head uh, plenty of times yeah i helped his confidence i was there <laughs> day zero yeah <laughs> uh Fleta and void i think i think that's a little bit of toss-up i think we have to give a big shout out to void for from being- I, I pick from the shanghai dragons yeah. fearless yeah but i mean like void's kind of redeemed his career in a big way right, right. like we we didn't think twice about void until this year he was just one of those he was your stereotypical average overwatch player Hmm. um so so it's it's i think it's incredible the season he's had xe i think we've we've talked quite a bit about xe you know throughout the season and and when he's played he's been amazing um the nastiest mccree i ever saw is xe it's crazy and then yaki on the tracer i think you know, everyone in Overwatch just fell in love with Yaki in May. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of why he gets the nod here. Um, I I tweeted this out midweek. 
But to me, like, and this is kind of me bringing my sports brain in. I think you always have to have a one or two, if you need to, of of the, the best teams and the best players. And then you yeah. have the carry guy. And oh, yeah. to me, I mean, there's no way they can put him on the list now. To me, the carry guy this year was Decay. Um, yeah. so, so like when you talk about best player and best team, the team is in shambles without him. And, you know, <laughs> we're, we're about to see, <laughs> um, like, I, I don't know. You guys talked a lot about it last week, so I don't want to harp into it, but I think, I think there's even like a, a better example for a carry that was snubbed in this, uh, nomination. Go ahead. Devin Booker. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Devin Booker should be overwatch league MVP. Yeah. Hell Yeah. It's like crazy DPS. He's, he's actually a really good gamer. So for those of you not talking about, um, uh, Devin Booker plays on the Phoenix Suns, Omni's favorite team of all time. He's also a streamer for, I think, unofficially with FaZe. Yeah. Um, and, and he does COD and he does 2K um, pretty well, I might add. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's also really good at shooting the orange thing into the, the netting thing. <laughs> um, but But yeah, like... Like to me, Decay is my MVP of this cursed season, and it makes sense that he doesn't have a team. So I look forward to to see him in the finals somewhere, which actually leads us to. And this is a very long episode, um, so kudos to you if you're listening to us. Still, is that the Overwatch League has announced roster construction rules changes for the 2021 season? But like oddly enough, it also heavily affects the 2020 season and specifically the playoffs. So we're going to link the show notes um, or, and we'll probably share it in discord and Twitter and all that kind of stuff. But, but I kind of want to focus on the 2020 playoff impacts um, more so than 2021 changes, because I think we're still going to have an off season. We're going to have plenty of, of kicks and giggles about talking about that when the season's over, because Mm -hmm. as you know, there's no off season in ready set pwn. Um, nope. so, but in terms of the 2020 playoffs, I think one of the big, big significant announcements that, that I feel like so far there has, just hasn't been much to be talked about. It got announced earlier today on Tuesday is that teams are actually going to be avail- available to sign free agents, um, uh, from now until the end of the season. Um, and I think even players that, you know, their contracts have been ended, if I'm not mistaken, and I might be mistaken because there's a lot of words here and Sam don't read good, um, um, that, that you know, once the teams have been eliminated and their contracts have been fulfilled, they may be even be able to sign on with, with other teams in the playoffs. Um, so there's very specific reasons. And I find this quote kind of funny because it says, from now on until the end of the 2020 Overwatch League season, if a player, if a team has a player retire, become unavailable for play due to COVID, or elect not to travel, that team may sign a free agent to replace that player. Hmm. Meaning that if if it's a situation where um who's that guy on on charge that the name escapes me all the season where we actually had to leave the charge because he didn't have a Chinese visa. Um, Nero. Like, Nero. Yeah, his his visa expired. Like if a situation like that occurs, Neptuno too. Neptuno as well. Yeah, exactly. Like then the the charge would have a free roster spot and they can sign someone who does have you know, the proper visas to, to play um, because of the visa timelines. And there's a whole bunch of safety planning protocols. Um, the free agent must have citizenship for a country in Asia or, or an existing visa to travel there. So if 
Um, I think they're specifically being sly about which kind. I don't think it's just any country in Asia. I think they've yeah. already decided on on the 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 place where the playoffs and the finals are going to be held. Uh, but they're you know maybe they're like it's like the league's worst kept secret because we know it's already difficult to travel into China, so it's not going to be China. And so there's really only one other Asian team that the majority of the Asia Pac region is currently in. So, you know, I won't spoil it, I guess. So you're saying they're not going to play in Japan? Uh, I mean, I'm not saying they're not, but <laughs> that's not where I'd place my money if I was a betting man. We'll keep it at that. Okay. Um, not to mention, I don't know how many Overwatch players currently have travel visas to Japan or citizenship. Probably just Tayo. Just the one, right? But <laughs> but I I think what that means is for a lot of the teams that are currently in North America, if they can't get the right visas, um, all these I'm just gonna say all these Korean players that are free agents are gonna have the their teams to choose from that are in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And what that really means to me is is we could end up seeing like a like a, a Hangzhou Spark with with decay on its playoff roster bumper and bumper and <laughs> you know fill in the blank whoever you want in the f- grand finals because of this and to me that's that's crazy <laughs> yeah i don't like it for a lot of the players who don't have these prerequisites it's kind of like an unfair advantage to have uh it might give the teams a bit more flexibility but in, in some ways it also uh gives uh, you know, makes things way more ambiguous than they have been. And then it kind of makes it all much more uncertain for a lot of the players who are still, you know, in Overwatch or invested into Overwatch. We, we, we see, we saw a, a huge exodus to another game and kind of like, a, I'm afraid that Overwatch is like kind of doubling down on that. Like, oh yeah, you don't want to play uh, Overwatch anymore. Fine. And unless you have like a Korean citizenship, it's kind of like, okay, uh, it's going to be tougher to find an opportunity um, for you going forward, at least in this playoff. What like, like to me, like that's, it's a little bit confusing because I know the grand finals are going to be in Asia as as they say. (laughs) Um, But what if we want to continue the pink King wars, right? Like if, if, The Titans are in the finals. And I don't even know if that's still mathematically possible. But you just gotta sign Devin Booker and like like KSA wants to play from home. Like who who's to say like why should we stop him? Yeah, right. If they can't travel to Asia or anywhere else, like so. Like I mean, if the team chooses not, if the player chooses not to travel and chooses not to play, I think that's a very different situation. But but I I just don't completely understand this. I think this throws all our predictions if they haven't been already mashed to pieces um, out, out even more because like we can foresee, like, I don't know like what Tayo's situation is. What if from now until then Tayo becomes the MVP of August and he can't go to Korea? Like, and all they've been practicing are, are Genji blades from Tayo and, and their whole construction is around him and mm-hmm. he can't play. Like, I think like I understand the reason for this, I think because of COVID reserve concerns and, and like 
I think we've seen how a lot of professional leagues are starting to react. Like they're not just going to stop the league because someone gets sick. Now um, they've had enough experience on how to deal with it. But to me, unless I'm understanding things incorrectly, like this basically throws every team into uh, some sort of strange bubble. Yeah. And we probably are getting a lot of things incorrectly. There's no light force in here to, you know, keep us yeah, in the actually read. So we just, yeah. make, we make ridiculous assumptions, but like everything mean, with a big grain of salt. I mean, like I'm foreseeing like a, a bumper Sinatra um, team with, with decay on New York Excelsior. Cause they sign everybody. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and those guys aren't going to play. They're just there because they want to bolster their their bench. Right. They just want to split the prize money between more. Uh... <laughs> hey, man, got to feed the children. <laughs> so this is the end of a super lengthy. Actually, it's not that bad. I think I think we're we're solid. Maybe 80, 85 minutes in um, <clears throat> episode. Um, really exciting times. Uh, lots and lots of Overwatch and lots and lots of Titans games this week, and a little bit of Defiant games this week as well. And I'm not just saying that because we're based in Vancouver. We we literally have three uh, Titans matches this upcoming week. Um, and we also threw in a little bit of basketball. So how, how are you feeling about this episode? It's been fun. I liked it. I love these episodes. Like, no, no leash, no, like, whips. Yeah, no, no sn- snarky talk back when we talk about basketball and blah, right, blah, blah, right. dead to me. So, I mean, if you guys liked this episode and you want to let Light Force know, be sure to give us a five-star rating on, yeah. I think it's like iTunes or I don't even know the instructions because that's not the part of the job I'm good at. I'm good at talking about basketball in an Overwatch podcast. And please uh, specifically call out this episode. Yes, this episode, I want the name Devin Booker in there. D-E-V-I-N-B-O-O-K-E-R. Like, I don't care what else the rest of the review says. Like, it just uh, has to have that name in there. So Light Force needs to know. Um, but leave us that five-star review. Um, if you're not on our Discord already, let me... Do I even remember the short code? I think it's discord.io slash poem. So so exactly the way you would spell our website. If not, you can go to readysetpoem.com and you're going to find all the details there. And uh, if you are a you know, high level DPS player. Like we want to talk to you also, if you're a low S DPS player, low level or a low level support or a low level tank, we just need players or somewhere in between. Yeah. Or somewhere in between. We also accept those. We will accept anyone that wants to log in and play with us. Um, So, I mean, I'm out of breath. Any last words that you want to uh, let the listeners know? See the shots that I took wet, like I'm book. (laughs) and uh for myself on behalf of omni and and his uh seven and oh phoenix Suns, chris at life force and myself sam at another sam chan we're gonna let chris end the episode with his infamous catchphrase